Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. What's up, everybody? I am going to be flying solo a little special the next couple of weeks here. So, uh, you know, most of you don't know this, but, you know, the solos are a thing that I am a human that has to be inspired to do. Um, so when I don't put out solos, sometimes I'll put out uh, interviews on Fridays because I just haven't felt inspired to do a solo. Um, so it, solos for me are really special. They're, they're the number one learnings that I come across in my life. So uh, in, in the interest of me spending some time with the family, I'm taking the next few weeks off on solos. But I did what I wanted to do is I'm doing some of my classes, classics. These are some of my favorite solos. So uh, this week, next week, the week after, the week after that, on Fridays, we're, we're going to be doing some solos. Hope you enjoy them. These are some of my favorite all-time solos, classic Darius solos. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of The Greatness Machine. So today is a very special Greatness Machine podcast. It is our 100th episode, and so I'm really proud to have you all here with me today. And I want to start off by reading a quote to you that I have it on social media, but it, but I, I said it because it kind of rocked my world. I I, as, uh, I left you on my last solo. was right before I did my event at MIT, and a lot has happened since then. I'll, I'll be talking a little bit about that in today's episode, but this quote has kind of rocked my world, got to admit. I'm going to read it right now. It's, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. This is by Carl Jung. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And former guest Nathaniel Shockin was the person that said that and we were at my MIT event gathering of titans over the weekend which was just a fucking amazing event this is two weekends ago the 20th to the 24th of April 
you're gonna hear my voice a little raspy right now because <laughs> being a, a super spreader event, I got like 25 out of 80 or 90 people got COVID, maybe more. Uh, I was one of them. But it was it was amazing. I've it was a peak event, peak moment for me. I spent a couple of years planning the event. And um, first of all, it was an honor to be asked to be chairperson of our program at MIT. Secondly, it was a couple of years in the making. You know, I spent two years curating the event. A lot of guests from the show ended up, excuse me, uh, yeah, guests from the show ended up coming and being speakers. We had 15 different speakers there and probably two thirds of them, three quarters of them were people that passed guests in the show. So it was really cool to see them in person after so long and, and, and just to have them tell their stories. And, but when that, you know, Nathaniel came on and he did, he did the work by Byron Katie, which was really interesting. And he and I have done some work, some of that work together, probably about a year, year and a half ago. And uh, so I'm, for those of you that are not familiar with the work by Byron Katie, I'd say definitely go check it out. It's some really cool, really cool uh, work around doing the work around, you know, learning more about yourself and what's that thing that's happening in our subconscious that's driving our conscious behavior. And I'm going to start with that quote, but I want to take you into a different direction. One of our former guests, uh, Jim McCormick, a world record holding skydiver. He was a, also a guest at our Gathering Titans event. And it was really cool, man. I mean, this guy's done. I mean, I, I felt like I'm like, man, I got to come back on the show because I felt like his show did not do his work justice. He's he what he does just for uh, listeners who maybe haven't heard the show. I, I'd recommend go back and listening to that show because it was a really cool show. But but he does this thing around risk, around how different organizations need to have different types of risk takers within the organization. And he was a skydiver and he does his, you know, his thought process is very analytical around how skydiving is not as dangerous as, as people might think it is compared to other things that we do that we take for granted all the time. Use the analysis or the example of riding your bike is more dangerous than skydiving if you look at deaths per instance. So it's just a, kind of an interesting perspective. But he, but there's something that happened during his his presentation. Was he For those of you that are watching the video, I'm going to show this, this kind of worksheet that he gave us, which was called a personal risk profile. And the first question was a personal risk inclination. We're supposed to answer the question around to indicate how risky do we consider our, our own selves from a personal risk-taking standpoint, 10 being risk most risk-inclined and one being risk-averse. And I scored myself a 5.5, 5, five and a half. So, okay, like, you know, I, some people listen to this might think that I'm much more of a risk-taker than others, but I always consider myself kind of middle of the road from a risk-taking perspective. But this is where the story gets more interesting and where kind of takes us back to this idea of what's happening in my subconscious. So I, I had to risk uh, do after I asked answer the first question of risking my giving my risk score of a five and a half, it then asked me in nine different areas of my life. The first one was physical risk, activities that involve some risk of injury, riding a motorcycle, river rafting, rock climbing, or skydiving are some examples. Now, interestingly enough, I scored myself a three out of 10 because I'm like, oh, I never take any risk. And then I thought about it. I said, well, that's not true, man. I love roller coasters and white, you know, man, you tell me to go white water rafting, I'll go white water rafting. You know, you want me to go hop in a canoe? I'll probably go hop in a canoe. And so I said, you know, I'm actually higher than that. Like, give myself a seven. So I gave myself a seven out of 10. And then career risk, I gave myself, and this is risk of changing job and taking on new responsibilities. I was like, you know, like I'm seven and a half, like I'm some stuff from like a, as a CEO and entrepreneur, I'm a little risk averse, but I'm, I'll take some chances there. So so seven and seven and a half. Then I did financial risk. And this was the one that was super telling to me. And I gave myself a five out of 10. 
I'm a person that's pretty careful when it comes to money. And if I was to say there's one thing in the world that gives me anxiety, it's probably finance, money. It's, it's kind of ironic to be an entrepreneur, but to have that like, oh, that, that itch, that, that, oh man, or, is money okay? I'm always worried about, you know, when I was running my mortgage company, I was worried, am I going to lose clients? And, and, and even as in today's day and age, like anything I'm doing, I'm always worried about losing. So there's a, there's a lot of fear there, right? A five. Then this was, and this was an eye opener for me, social risks, risks like introducing yourself to someone you don't know or putting yourself in an unfamiliar social, social situation, even at the risk of a possible embarrassment. 10, I was like, oh, 10, I w- I've done the, cr- I, I stood at the te- a TED conference and made up a story about, <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this. I, for those of you that remember the 1990s, John Wayne Bobbitt, I actually pretended like that happened to me. Let's just put it this way. It was a story where you're supposed to talk about a scar you have on your body. I told that story in first person, and the crowd was appalled. I then said I was joking, and no one laughed. Uh, so 10 out of 10. <laughs> Intellectual risks. Things like your willingness to study a difficult topic, pursue information that challenges your convictions, or read an intellectually challenging book. I was like, I'll give myself an eight. I'm always testing my, my boundaries intellectually. I'm not going to go pick up like Dostoevsky and read like war and peace or something that sounds like really fucking boring but but you know like outside of being bored out of my mind i'll try hard stuff creative risks this is like unconventional ideas and artistic pursuits you know this shows an example of that you know like i give myself a nine i said like i could always do more you know creative writing i wrote a book so yeah i could give myself a nine there relationship risks, risks such as willingness to pursue new relationships spend time with someone despite an uncertain outcome or make a relationship commitment 10 out of 10. I was like, oh, all day long. I don't know. My name is Darius. Let's be friends. <laughs> Tell me your life story. That's the easy 10. Emotional risk. Willingness to be emotionally vulnerable. 10. I used to tell people and I always still, I still used to know. I do tell people I'm like vulnerability is one of my superpowers, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. And last but not least was spiritual risk. Willingness to place your trust in concepts that may be unprovable or you do not fully understand. And I gave myself an eight out of 10. So overall, my score was like 8.6. So you take all those scores, you add them up and you divide it by nine because there's nine of them. And I'm an 8.6. But when you look, I had this outlier of financial, five, afraid, fearful about money. When you asked me overall, I said five, five and a half. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million-dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through, but then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. 
You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now, and let me tell you, They've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. It stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now, I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. So I go up to, to Jim McCormick and I said, hey, man, this is crazy. Like, what, what do you think about this? And, and he asked me a question that was one of the most pivotal moments for me at MIT this year. He said, whose life are you trying to, who's, who are you living your life for? And 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 I, and I was like, it like just stung me square between the eyes. Who's who are you living your life for? And and I realized that I've been conditioned at a very young age to be fearful of, of having nothing, you know, be fearful of losing everything I had. And it comes back to my dad's, my dad, my dad's dad. You know, my dad lost everything. My mom lost everything when they were kids. My dad lost everything when he was a kid because his father passed away and his brother. My uncle, you know, supposedly squandered the money and, and, and then my, you know, my parents were always super scared about money. I remember this like at a very young age, like my parents are super like stressed out about money and then, and they actually had money, which is like part, partially my issue. And, and so I was like, man, this is weird. You know, like I have this fear of this conservativeness around finance and some risk taking around career and some even around physical and this other area is a 10 massive risk taker. And it was, it was kind of eye opening to me that, man, there's a disconnect here. And then the question that I asked myself, which is a question maybe you might want to ask yourself and the listeners of the show right now is what would happen if I, if I, the risk, if I'm a, if I'm a risk taker, if I'm willing to make take, I'm willing to stand on stage in front of a group of thousand people I don't know and tell a, a story about <laughs> someone cutting off an appendage of mine with a serrated knife that never happened and then walk off that stage. If I was willing to take that risk, why am I not willing to take more risk from a professional perspective or financially speaking? And what would happen if I did? What, what, what could open up in my life? 
what, what, what experiences am I not having? Because I've conditioned myself or I've been brought up with a certain type of conditioning in place to protect and to have this hang up with the things that could bring me so much more value in my life. And, you know, what's interesting is like yesterday was my birthday. I turned 44. Happy birthday to me. And, and so I said, if I double that number 44 and I'm 88, what am I going to look back at in my life and wish I had done? And, and so I, I, I took the time, you know, this has been kind of haunting me for the last two weeks. Now, mind you, I was laying in bed with COVID, like bored out of my mind. So that's, so there's a lot of COVID time for me to like, think about a lot of this stuff. I took a lot of notes and I wrote a list of like, what are the things I think about? What's that? If the, you know, going back to that Carl Jung quote, I'm going to read it again here. Let me pull it up. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So I said, what, well, what's conscious in my mind? Like, what are the things I think about? And what are the things I don't think? What are the things I think about that are positive? What are the things I actually think about that are negative? And I'm going to be honest right now. So this is me showing a little vulnerability. So I thought about that I have a good family. I have trust with my my wife and my kids. There's lots of love. We have each other's backs. Um, I have a great home. My home is like just so I love being in my home with my family. I think about it. I walk around and I'm like, man, it's so comfortable. I have great friends. We get support from our parents, which is this is something that I love. I have a good dog. <laughs> I love my dog. He's amazing. Um, I get to do some cool things, you know. I get to have some cool experiences. I, I, I do think I get to, I've, I've experienced some really wonderful things in my life. A lot of times I think I have an amazing life, you know, like I, I do have gratitude towards the life I have. And I get some opportunities for adventure. I get to have a relationship with my brother and my sister. And I have lots of old friends that I still in contact with. So these are the things I was like grateful for. And I started thinking about like, what are the things that I have gratitude towards that, that kind of what's that script that's running my brain? Like, what are the things I, I notice? That, is, that are conscious to me. But going back to this Carl Jung quote about making the unconscious conscious, what are the unconscious things that are affecting me? And I'm going to admit something right now that is kind of hard for me to admit, but you know, it, it, on the, in the spirit of a, a new year of life and another turn around the earth, I really want this unconscious part of my, my soul to like maybe get out of the script. I don't want this silent algorithm running in the background. And, and so I always felt like my family has been cursed. You know, my dad died when I was 22 years old. Grandmother died when I was 14. My dad's dad died when he was 52. I never met my dad's parents. I always feel like there's always lots of hardship. My, my businesses, like my first couple of businesses, like they went out of business and it was really hard ending, even with some, some really positive wins. But man, oh, my, the twin capital, when that went out, that was painful. That hurt. You know, and I struggled for five years. And I remember just having this script that like I, everything I have in my life, I have to work my fucking ass off to create. Like I'm going to outwork. And I started thinking back to all these things, like things that I've never felt like they've came easy to me. And, and then there's a moment where I, I built this script that like I'm just cursed and I'm going to work my way through it hard. I'm going to work hard to work my way through it. And Maybe that's what we're talking about here, that unconsciousness around, oh, I'm just, un I just, you know, I have a cursed family that has to struggle that, oh, that becomes fate when bad things happen. And, and what's interesting there is that was the first thing I wrote, by the way, I wrote a bunch of stuff, but, but that was the first thing I wrote. And it's the opposite 
of what I actually think when I think about the positive stuff. And, and I started questioning like, wow, so am I super risk averse when it comes to career or finance because I'm trying to protect? Or wow, am I, are the things that, you know, am I not having gratitude towards these amazing things in my life because inevitably I feel like they might go away. And, and so, you know, I've, I've given myself permission on, you know, I turned 44, like I said yesterday, and on this 44th turn on the planet, by the time you hear this, it'll be probably a couple of weeks after I turn 44, but I've given myself permission to really explore this this year. And that I want to explore all these, these silent algorithms going on in the background that I don't want to have around me anymore. And, and as crazy as it sounds, I'm toying with the idea of daily affirmations and I've never believed in them. But then I realized I said, well, wow, if the unconscious is a, is an algorithm, a script going on in the background, that's telling me this crazy shit, that's not true. And I'm, you know, probably believing it to a certain degree or else I wouldn't have scored myself that way in this risk analysis. Then what can I do to override that algorithm? And the only conclusion I can come to is that I'm going to rewrite that algorithm. And I'm going to talk about the things that I love about my life. And I'm going to talk about the things that haven't yet happened that I know are going to happen. All the great stuff that I can't wait for, that I'm just going to enjoy the process of getting there. And so the gift I'm giving to myself on my 44th turn on this earth is to rewrite the script. And, and my goal is that next year when I, when I turn 45, is that I'm going to revisit this, this conversation we're having today around this Carl Jung quote. And I'm going to read it out loud. And I'm going to say, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. I want to have the, I want to see, I want to run this experiment and I'd love for listeners to, to do the same and to see that if I t rewrite that script, if I have a, some positive affirmations, which is, I'm telling you, like, it sounds like super woo woo. I've never believed in this shit before ever. Even as I say it, it feels uncomfortable because I'm always a person that's like, ah, that shit doesn't work, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm going to do it for the next 90 days. And if, it, if I feel like it's going in the right directions, I'll give myself permission to do another 90 days. And I'm going to report it in 12 months from now. I'm going to tell you all where I landed on this. But my goal is to rewrite that script so that algorithm in the background is not saying something as insane as that my family is cursed, that my, my lineage is cursed. Because it's something that I can't believe I think I've thought it, but I have thought it over, over the years. And, and it's, it's just not true. And I'm going to make it. So, because if that's what the unconscious is and it's directing my life and I'm calling it fate, then my goal is to make it a different fate. So happy birthday to me. And uh, I just want to say thank you all for listening. This is our hundredth ep episode and um, man, it's a treat doing this. I love, I love having this podcast. I love sharing my thoughts. I love meeting new people to share with you all. And um, I appreciate your support as we grow the show. The show's grown tremendously. Uh, we're, you know, up to almost 50,000 subscribers now. And, um, and the goal is to get that up even more. My goal really is to make this one of the top business podcasts in the world or really life podcasts in the world. And it only, the only way that happens is if you share this and, and, um, and enjoy the show. And so my goal is to keep putting out great shows and introducing great concepts and great guests. And, um, yeah, if you love the show, please share it with uh, people around you and, and I appreciate all your support. So with that said, uh, let's make it a great 44th year on this planet for myself and for all you. And um, peace out. We love you. Take care.
you are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.